Hey everybody, Chris Fafalius here. If you enjoy One Hit Thunder, which I'm assuming you do considering you're listening to it right now, I want to tell you about another great music podcast on the Evergreen Podcast Network. It's called Riffs on Riffs. On this season of Riffs on Riffs, hosts Toby Braswell and Joe Watson are breaking down one iconic pop song each week. Everything from Taylor Swift's Cruel Summer to Journey's Don't Stop Believin' to Naughty by Nature's OPP. Each week, they crack open the song, trace its history, decode those cryptic lyrics, and unearth the hidden gems in its musical DNA. Not only do they dive into the song's history, lyrics, and impact, they also go down some fun and oftentimes hilarious rabbit holes. So yeah, if you're a fan of One Hit Thunder, I think you'll also enjoy Riffs on Riffs. So go hit that subscribe button on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your pods. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, do you have an idea for a podcast but don't know where to start? Or do you have an already existing podcast that you want to take to the next level? Well, check out WeKnowPodcasting.com. From concept development to theme music to editing to logos, WeKnowPodcasting.com is a one-stop shop for all things pod. Don't hesitate to hit us up. We're very nice. We have 100 episodes under our belts now, and somehow it took us this long to talk about AHA, arguably the most beloved 80s one-hit wonder ever released. It felt like it was time to fix this and dive into the song that's been making people push their falsetto to the limit at karaoke bars around the world. One hit is all you need to make the money guaranteed, and you can live off royalties forever. And it makes me wonder, is it just a wonder, or is it one hit thunder? 100 episodes. Yeah, that's crazy. We've done 100 episodes. For our 100th episode, we're going to talk about something that's questionable if it's a one-hit wonder. So Really? Yeah. No, this is not questionable whatsoever. This is a song I can't believe it's taken us 100 episodes to talk, to talk about, first of all. So they actually had a second top 20 hit, and we'll get into that. But even in their Wikipedia, it says, as the years passed, the only song that people remembered and endured was Take On Me, and they are widely considered a one-hit thun- one wonder. So, Are you telling me that The Sun Always Shines on TV was a top 20 hit? Dude. Yeah. Nobody so we'll, knows that song. So I heard it for the first time ever today. <laughs> nobody knows that song. So let's get into AHA. Here's one thing that I'm going to tell you that I think is pretty cool. They started as a trio, and as of 2022... The band is still the exact same three guys that started the band in 1985. Never had a band member change. They're still a band. They're still a band. When's the last time they put out an album? They have an album coming out next year. Wow. Okay. (laughs) All right. So they never gave up. Uh, They got their name. They were trying to find a name for the band. And they were looking through an English dictionary to try to find 
an English word because they're like, we're Norwegian. We got a hit in the States. And instead, they were looking at each other's songbooks and someone had a song called Aha. And the direct quote from the lead vocalist was, it was a terrible song, but a great name. I like the name. <laughs> yeah. uh, and the other fun fact that I learned before they ever recorded a song was <laughs> they selected the studio in which they would record and the producer who they would work with who would later become their manager because he owned a Spaced Invaders cabinet. <laughs> wow. That's cool. I mean, that's about as 80s as it gets. And this song is, I would say this is the song of the 80s. When you think of the 80s, this is the first song I think of. I think that that's a fair argument. I think that it is the 80s song. It was the first song they ever wrote as a group. Just Whoa. Like knocked it out of the park day one. <laughs> Damn, that is like starting at the top and then just going. <laughs> I mean, obviously, I haven't listened to their whole catalog. I'm sure they have some other great songs. What we dove into as far as other songs that were singles and stuff, it's not that they were bad. It's just not the same. memorable. Yeah. Not memorable. This is like the most memorable song possible. And this song almost didn't work for them. They tried to release it two separate times and it didn't chart. And then they released a music video. Yeah. And if we want to talk about the power of MTV, the song that no radio station would touch, a music video drops that is like widely considered one of the most groundbreaking music videos of the 80s. And it skyrocketed this to number one. It was a number one billboard hit. The music video, and I would be surprised if anyone out there hasn't seen it. It's been parodied and it's it's... Very iconic music video, but basically where the human characters turn into animated sketch sketches. sketches. They're not yeah. even like cartoons, really. They're just sketches in a sketch pad, which is right. cool. Right. Yeah. It's a really cool. It would be a cool video if it came out now. Yeah. It's it's really, really dope. Yeah, like it's, it's, it's ground again, groundbreaking. Like that is the word to use to describe it. Yeah, it's great. Also, yeah, probably with maybe the exception of Sledgehammer and some would argue there's a few Michael Jackson videos that you could throw in there, but probably the best music video of the 80s. But I get that. I get that the music video is what launched the song into superstardom, but I think the song stands on its own too. Talking about that music video, according to the Wikipedia page, it, it actually said that the music video is considered one of the most distinctive videos from the 80s and that on February 17th of 2020, it was the fifth music video to have 1 billion views oh. on YouTube. Do you know what the other four videos were that got there first? Oh, uh, is Thriller one of them? No. Shockingly, oh. so it's not like Taylor Swift or no, it, or so Bieber. Or I was I was shocked to see this. It was there's two Guns N' Roses songs. Oh, so uh, Sweet Child of Mine and November Rain, mm -hmm. Nirvana, Smells Like Teen Spirit, okay. and Queen Bohemian Rhapsody. No, I can't believe that it's not like Drake and Taylor Swift. Oh, my, hold on a second. I may have missed a, a key thing here. <laughs> Sorry. One of one of only five songs of the entire 20th century. So I guess we're now uh, in the 21st century. Right. I was going to say, yeah. Drake definitely has. Some. I was going to say, as you were saying that, I'm like, yeah, no, I feel like like Gundam style may have broken yeah, a billion like by now. Justin Bieber's definitely broken a billion. Okay, so of the 20th century, so of the pre-YouTube okay. era, it's only one of five music okay. videos to ever crack that. All right. Well, justified. Like we said, it's a great video, but I think it's the best of those five. As far as music videos go. So you said the two Guns N' Roses were... Sweet Child of Mine, which is literally which, just them playing in a practice space, basically. Yeah, I think that's just on the 
the song. And then November Rain, like it's a it's an impressive video, but I yeah. think that Take On Me is a better video. What were the other two? Nirvana Smells Like Teen Spirit okay. and Queen Bohemian Rhapsody. Like they're all like those three are all iconic videos, but I think Aha's the most impressive of them, just for okay. time uh, and and the quality of it. <laughs> right, right. We're not saying the song, we're saying the music video. Yeah, the yeah, music I'll, video. I'll, I'll agree with that. But the song stands on its I'm surprised that it took the music video because the song is every moment of this song is so memorable. It's got every element of the eighties that you can imagine. It's got the singer has one of those very eighties European voices. Yep. The synth sounds that were very popular in the eighties. It's got, yeah, obviously those elements of electronic music that became very popular in the eighties. And it's got a, chorus with the high notes that are fun to sing or try to sing and it's so memorable you I, know? I think it's something you said on the Gautier episode where like there's some songs where because they bounce all over in range they're re- like you said really fun to sing along with and I think that this song has that even in the verses because you go from that low to the high real quick where it's like talking away mm-hmm. I don't know what's left to say I'll say yeah <laughs> like, I mean it's it's nonstop fun melodies all over the place. I think it's great. I mean, yeah, it's been pounded into our heads a good bit and it is the 80s song, but I I, I can't deny this song. You and know? there's been a lot of great covers of it too. Like Real Big Fish did a good cover of it. I've heard some beautiful acoustic renditions of it too. Like it feels like a song that as much as it's tied to that 80s synth sound, it transposes into other genres very smoothly. Yeah. When do we get in the country version of this one? <laughs> I'm sure it's out there. <laughs> yeah. I bet there is a country <laughs> version of this and I bet it sucks. <laughs> but this song, like you said, it propelled them to number one and made them the first Norwegian band to ever have a number one US wow. hit. Yeah. They, I don't even know. I don't if, know if there was ever a second. <laughs> I don't know. Like what other Norwegian artists am I not thinking of? Yeah. Who would I even know? Was the Cardigans, were they Norwegian or mm. no? They were Swedish. Swedish. Swedish, yeah. Sweden's got, Sweden's had their share <laughs> of artists, but Norway, I don't know. So I have, so here's one of the, you know how like you always see those things where it's like, what was the number one song when you were born? And like, mm-hmm. you can like, so this is the number one song the day I was born. Wow. Was a, That's a good to, one. Yeah. It was only on the, it was number one for one week. Wow. I gotta say, I'm looking at the billboard all the number one hits for 1985. Mm -hmm. This was a weird year. Yeah. This was a really weird year. Not many songs lasted more than a week or two as the number one hit. Like it was constantly rotating out like tears for fears had a couple that lasted a while. We are the world careless whisper and like a virgin were like the biggest singles of the whole year. Mm -hmm. This is how much jumping around happened towards the later end of the year, because from basically in September, the number one song was money for nothing by dire straits. From that point on, basically no song could hold the number one spot for more than a week or two. And I don't know most of these. Ready for the World, Oh Sheila. Oh Sheila. Yeah, that's a good jam. Okay. Then it was Take On Me. Then it was Whitney Houston, Saving All My Love For You. Saving All My Love. Okay, I do know that one. I was like, I don't recognize that title. Oh, so good. Stevie Wonder, Part-Time Lover. Oh, do, 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 do. So good. The Miami Vice theme song. Uh, no. Jonathan London probably likes that one. <laughs> <laughs> Starship, We Built This City. Oh, wow. Yeah, that one held it for two whole days. Phil Collins, Separate Lives. Uh, I barely know that song. 
<laughs> I, I think if I heard it, I would recognize it, but I can't think of what it is. And then rounding out December was Mr. Mr. Broken Wings. Oh. And Lionel Richie's Say You, Say Me. I like most of those songs. I think that, but it's like, it is, it's just like, Oh, Sheila had it for one week. Aha had it for one week. Whitney had it for one week. Yeah. Stevie had like I was just like, what was happening where just, people were just like, all right, over it. Next song. Just like, a lot of good songs. There was too much battle. And the only reason I did it this way, this is the other thing, is normally I'll be like, oh, here's all the songs that were like in the top 10 when this was the number one hit. I just read them all. Like it was literally everything that was in the top 10. They just cycled their way into number one eventually. Right. Okay. Well, yeah. I mean, that's pretty cool. And what was determining that radio airplay or people going out and buying cassette singles that i mean i guess both of those things are factored in i guess in. that's factored does this ever say in here well it doesn't matter now i mean but, I, I don't know that, that is good to know but yeah your your point is that it wasn't like boys to men and mariah carey holding the top spot for, for like 15 weeks or something crazy yeah, yeah. yeah no there was none of that so then they released their second single mm-hmm. right take on me it's massive they released a second single, The Sun Always Shines on TV. It's a top 20 hit, and it also has a popular music video. Really? And this is where AHA gets a really cool distinction. That video also gets nominated for a ton of music videos, leading to a combined 11 nominations and 8 wins between two music videos, which was the highest combination that anyone had ever had for two videos consecutively. The next year... Peter Gabriel beat it by having two music videos where it was a combined 13 nominations and nine wins. But since 1986, even as they've added more video categories, no artist has ever matched it. Wow. For Peter Gabriel, it had to be big time and sledgehammer. Sledgehammer. That's the only thing that makes sense. Yeah. Which like big time is fun, but it's basically just like sledgehammer 2.0. Like like, it was like, well, this worked. Let's just do it again. Right. From what I remember of it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, I thought that's kind of cool that they're in the record books with Peter Gabriel for, for this like thing that has only been achieved twice. But how do... I mean, you and I for sure, and I'd assume 99% of the listeners don't remember this other AHA song or the video. Nope, not at all. (laughs) And uh, why is that? I don't know. I'm wondering if the flip side is maybe it's exactly like what happened with Peter Gabriel, where if you watch it, it's basically just take on me music video 2.0. Like they just, I think I've seen it once. And I do think it's almost like a sequel to take on me. Like it's like more of the sketch romance continuing in the sketch pad type thing. Wow. Yeah. Really? They were big on music video sequels in the 80s, I yeah, think. Yeah, I guess so. Okay, and I also, we listened to the song, and the song was not memorable nope. to me. Can't tell you a single thing. We listened it, to it 30 it, minutes ago, yeah, and it's gone. I, yeah, it, <laughs> it did not stand out. Although, I, I feel if I would have heard Take On Me for the first time, I would still remember it right yeah. now. Because you'd just sure. be like, like, even if you didn't remember any of the words, that, that hook in the musicianship is like locked and loaded in yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. So... In 1986, this is still the the epic tale of just their first year as a band. Hi, this is Chad Nicefield. And this is Justin Press. We're the host of Making Waves, the Shiprock Podcast, a part of the Sound Talent Media Podcast Network. We're inviting you to sail away with us on an epic journey in musical enlightenment. Every week, we bring you only the best artists in rock music and discuss everything from the cruise to the stage to the saga of being a professional recording artist. We'll have lots of special guests along the way, so tune in every week. Your stateroom is available every Monday morning, so welcome aboard. Hey, this is Chris Swinney, formerly of the Ataris and currently host of That One Time on Tour, part of the Sound Talent Media Podcast Network. 
Have you ever wondered what it's really like on the road? The highs can be euphoric, but the lows can be crushing. Join me every week as I chat with industry pros about what it's like living out their wildest dream and in some cases, their worst nightmare. Past guests of the show include members of NoFX, Pennywise, Bad Religion, and more. Listen and subscribe at SoundTalentMedia.com. They were nominated for Best New Artist Grammy, but they lost to Sade. You mean Sade? Whatever. <laughs> Same thing. Sade. Say Sade. <laughs> Spelling's there. Okay. All right. Well, yeah. Awesome. Uh, uh, yeah. Sade, for those who don't know, is a very iconic soul artist. Very well known for Sweetest Taboo. And, and a lot of babies were made to Sade yeah. over the years. Okay. Or, or to my eyes, it's Shade or, without an or, H. Or Sade. Or Sade. As, as Matt <laughs> likes to refer to Sade. Okay. So as much as we're talking a lot of trash on the sun always shines on tv it's actually their only number one hit in the uk wow. it out charted take on me i don't get it i don't get it either but across europe they had multiple hits like this is one of the situations where it's debatably a one-hit wonder in the states but it is definitely they are definitely not a one-hit wonder in a lot of other countries but they remained active throughout the rest of the 80s into the 90s, they even performed at the 1994 Winter Olympics when it was held at Norway. Then they went on a four-year hiatus so they could do some solo work, but then came back in 1998 and just continued to release albums and tour until 2007 and even performed at the 2005 Live Aid in Berlin. I give them a lot of credit for that. I mean, they that's what I complain about artists. That's what I complain about. Like five had a giant hit and then like yeah, bye. broke. Yeah. <laughs> then they're like, oh, peace. We're out of here. Fucking idiots. Th- that's awesome. I've thought about this and, and I know you have too, but 1985, Take On Me comes out. Yeah. It's the most 80s song ever. It's right in the middle of the 80s. Back to the Future's coming out. All this 80s stuff all the all these yeah, power of love number one hit just a couple weeks prior wow okay can you believe and now think about 1994 which is a very grunge is just starting to trail off because kurt cobain's dead okay but yeah that's the music's landscape at that point okay let's even talk yeah grunge uh smells like teen spirit can you believe there's only like six or seven years between take on me and smells like teen spirit. It's insane. How is that possible? Cause think about like, we're recording this in 2021, six or seven years ago is 2014, 2015. I mean, what are we talking? We're talking about Drake. We might be talking about used to call me on my cell phone. Oh my like, God. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's what we're talking about here is like that gap that seems like nothing to me. These songs, songs that came out in 2014 seem still like, Oh, you know what was, popular around then was like the Fetty Wap and like stuff like that, which doesn't seem that long ago to me, but think about the difference between Nirvana smells like teen spirit and take on me. And you know, we're talking about 15, maybe 1800 days, 1500 to 1800 days between when Nirvana happened and take on me as top in the charts. That's such a short time for there to be such a musical evolution um, and throw hair metal in there, yeah, in between so that, there. Yeah, that just happened to pop up in the middle. Just out of curiosity, I wanted to look. So 2014, the number one song, according to Billboard's like end of the year, everything, was Happy, Pharrell. Like, okay. Because, and yeah, that doesn't feel that far away. And I it mean, doesn't feel that distinct from what's still coming yeah, out. Yeah, if like, Happy came out today... It would still be, yeah, it doesn't sound different from from music, yeah. It was also the year of uh, Magic Rude 
uh, was the oh, seventh yeah. biggest song of the year. Okay. So, <laughs> right, right. Okay. So. I mean, are we that past Magic Rude yet? If Magic Rude, I don't think so. Like, I'm looking at this and it's like Pompeii by Bastille. Like that song, I think would would still hit if it came out in 2021. Um, Shake It Off by Taylor Swift would still, I think, be oh, a hit. Yeah, I mean. Turn down for what by DJ Snake featuring Little John. Like I think that those songs would still fit into the modern Turn radio. Turn down for what does seem kind of old now, but shake it off. Yeah, like if that came out today, that would still be a hit for yeah. Taylor. I mean, Taylor Swift has just kind of evolved into less of a straight up pop artist uh, and and collaborating with Boney Bear and stuff. Yeah. Like I'd say, like this actually, honestly, I guess what the point is is like. I'm looking at this list of artists. I'm looking at the artists who had the 20 biggest hits of 2014. And most of them are still in the public conscious. Like Pharrell, Katy Perry, John Legend, Iggy Azalea, Jason Derulo, Megan Trainor, Aria Grande. Uh, Aria Grande? Yeah. (laughs) Sorry. I love I love your they're, your pronunciation of artists. I'm their ballpark, whatever. I'm close. <laughs> you combine you combine a Game of Thrones character yeah. with Ariana Grande, yeah, which I, I love it. I love Pitbull, it. Pitbull, Taylor Swift, Eminem, Christina Aguilera, and Lord. Like I feel you, like all of the a, a big chunk of those artists okay. are still putting out songs that are like doing well six years mm-hmm. later. Sure, people still know who they are. Like. Some of those that you named in there, I'm like, okay, they've really dropped off. They haven't released anything anymore, but people still rem- remember them. Yeah. Most of those artists. But I don't think, I think when people were listening to Nirvana, I don't think. They're people, not thinking of AHA I don't think people all. were going like, hey, do you hear the new AHA? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think, I don't think people were, uh, you know, listening to Nevermind and, and saying that. Uh, whereas, you know, some of those artists, yeah. Yeah, this uh, song makes me think about when the sun always shines on TV. Yeah, <laughs> things really moved fast. the The musical landscape sure changed quickly, really quickly. I mean, you could do talk about. We're always talking about podcasts. Talk about a podcast that's just analyzing the five year gap, say between nineteen eighty six to nineteen ninety one. Just like tracking what's happening to try to pace out, like what was like the nuclear explosion that just flipped a switch. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Even the sounds of the recordings changed so much between, I mean, once again, this is kind of an anomaly when we're talking about Nirvana oh, and yeah. like when it comes to the mainstream and like something that sounded so raw. I don't think it'll ever happen again. Honestly, I don't think something on that level will ever happen again. Mm -hmm. I mean, it might take, it take a really long time, but that aside back to aha. So, I mean, we can wrap this up in a couple quick stories. 2010, after the release of their ninth album, they officially parted ways. 2015, there was rumors of the 30 year anniversary of take on me that they might reunite. And they did and released a 10th album. 2017, they recorded an episode of MTV Unplugged. So there's an AHA MTV Unplugged out there. And then of June of this year, AHA the movie premiered at the Tribeca Film Festival about a documentary about the history of the band uh, that was filmed on a bunch of their tours over the last couple of years. And they have another film and album expected to drop next year. Wow. (laughs) I got a dig in we were doing this episode on spur of the moment kind of matt sitting in my kitchen and we did this spur of the moment and now i gotta dig in more on aha i guess i didn't realize this is a very long running band we're talking 36 years since 
their hit. And yeah. and I don't know how long they were together even. Be- oh, that was their first song. That was their first song. Yeah. So that was the first thing they wrote. Um, obviously, the song is like unescapable popped in to countless movies, video games, TV shows. Like it's not worth even listing everything because it's like the go-to, like you said, it is the go-to 80s parody. Mm-hmm. If you're watching a cartoon like Family Guy, they're going to do a Take On Me parody at some point. Mm-hmm. If you're watching The Simpsons, they'll find a way to do it. South Park. like It right. is the go-to music video to parody if you're trying to do something from the 80s. Right. Did Weird Al ever parody this? I think he did the visual style in like the UHF music video, but I, I know he never did a direct Take mm-hmm. On Me parody. It might be... In a polka? What would have been his parody of Take I was On gonna, Me? I was like, it might be food related and be something about peas. <laughs> like, take on peas. I don't know. That's a stretch. Bake on me? <laughs> oh, uh, my God. We forgot to also mention, we brought up the covers. We brought up like Real Big Fish. Weezer topped the charts very recently with a Take On Me cover. Not a particularly good one, but like... Dude, those Weezer covers... That was a bad album. I just mean, they they picked like the most overdone, like covered a million times songs. Like, yeah, it was, it was a... And they didn't do anything interesting or unique with any of them. No. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm thinking they did do a music video for Take On Me. It was Africa was the one that like fucking blew right, up. Right, right, right. Yeah. Right. Did they do take on me on that too? Here's where this this cover album is insane to me. So here's the full track list. Africa. Everybody wants to rule the world. Sweet dreams are made of these. Take on me. Happy together. Paranoid by Black Sabbath. Mr. Blue Sky by ELO. No Scrubs by TLC. Mm-hmm. Billy Jean by Michael Jackson. And then Stand By Me. Yeah, it was a lot of like on the nose. Like Africa was just like, oh, this song's already like come back into resurgence among people. People already like, like this song again a lot. And then they did it. Like it felt like too late or something. Like, well, the, I think if I remember correctly, that whole thing stemmed from someone tweeted at them Yes, and they were like, all right, we'll do this. Right. Like as a joke. And then I don't think they expected it to like, skyrocket on the charts I at mean, all. Like, I mean, I guess I can't blame them. <laughs> yeah, like, okay, if that if that works, fine, we'll we'll do it. Weezer's one of the greatest bands ever, so influential, especially those first few albums. And then I could see the argument, I could see people arguing that Weezer's one of the best bands of all time. I could see someone arguing Weezer's one of the worst bands yeah. of all time. It's like Red Hot Chili Peppers. You could, I think you can argue either side and have some legit points. You know, sometimes I know my own band, I think artists in general tend to overthink things and really be too precious. No one can, no one can accuse Weezer of that. Weezer has constantly been putting out albums Usually they have at least a few good songs. Usually they have some really bad songs on them. No one can say that they don't put out music. No, that they, that they, they, that they, they wait. definitely do. <laughs> yeah, they put out a lot of music. And whether that's a good or bad thing, I think it, if Weezer ceased to exist tomorrow, give us a year or two and we're and a lot of us who like music are going to be like, Oh man, we didn't appreciate Weezer. You know, Weezer was coming around on tours and stuff and I wasn't even going and seeing yeah. them. And like, I think that that's where we're at with them. <laughs> Whatever. That, that's back, beside the point. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. we'll, get, we'll jump back to uh-huh. I mean, I, they're an interesting band. I love their longevity. Yes. Like, I, I love that for close to th- nearing 40 years now, they 
have never changed their lineup. It's just been these three dudes writing tunes and touring the world. And there's something kind of inspirational in that where it's just like they had their hit. And like you said, it's the opposite of some of these other bands mm-hmm. where they had their hit. They couldn't get a second hit. So they just hung up the towel, like threw in the towel and called it a day. Well, apparently they were, and apparently they were very successful in Europe more yeah. so than in the United States after that. So it's not like they had no success at all after that. They apparently had long success and which all got kickstarted with this song with take on me. And I give them a lot of credit for that. And now I want to see this documentary and I want to hear the more recent music. I think that you got to give them a thunder for a band that with their first song ever were able to make a 36 plus year career out of it. I think that is the definition of thunder and something that I complain about a lot of the bullshit artists that we've talked about on here, not doing, getting the hit, crying about the hit, like, oh, that's, you know, complaining about having one hit. I don't think this band has done that. I think they've made a a, a long career out of it. I say thunder. And I agree with you. I mean, uh, like you said earlier too, like an artist that I can't believe it took us a hundred episodes to even get around yeah. to. Like, the the quintessential '80s one hit wonder. This could have been the, our first episode. It it probably should have been. Yeah, but it was whatever. We saved it for a hundred. Yeah, you had to stick around to earn the aha. Yeah, but sure. This is our aha moment. <laughs> and that's the end of the episode. <laughs> Stories through silence And we laugh at the end And declare that today Was the best day we've lived But the end of the night Draws a calm to the dark Where I dream This has been One Hit Thunder One Hit Thunder is hosted by Chris Fafalius of the bands Punchline, Pack, and Another Cheetah And produced by Matt Kelly of Geekscape.net Underneath me you're hearing the Punchline Piano rendition of The Coldest of Calendars That you can find on their B-Sides compilation Night Lights Visit punchline.com for information on future punchline shows, releases, and merchandise. We're on Patreon now. Visit us at patreon.com backslash OHT podcast for bonus material, early access to episodes, and a chance to help us decide what songs we should discuss in future episodes. Do you want to hear your song on the show or have an interest in sponsoring an episode? Contact me at matt at geekscape.net for our rates. If you have any interest in podcasting, visit weknowpodcasting.com for how Matt and Chris can make your show sound as professional as possible. Let us know your thoughts on the show by emailing us at onehitthunderpodcast at gmail.com and make sure to rate, review, and subscribe to us on your favorite podcasting app. Tune in next week for another episode of One Hit Thunder. There's a letter here waiting to go in the mail in my head. It's all there, but I'm not quite prepared to fade away. Don't fade away. Somehow I'm trying to do this right. You're listening to the Geekscape Network. Hello, everybody. I'm Bruce. And I'm Nolan. And this is the Corner of Gray Street Podcast. As longtime Dave Matthews Band fans, we set out to create a podcast to dive deep into the past, present, and future of DMB. 
Not only do we recap and review shows within an ongoing tour, but we revisit past shows from throughout the band's history, conduct interviews with a wide variety of guests with ties to DMB, and create unique and exclusive content like our Concerts on the Corner series. Whether you're a fan of the band or just a fan of great music, we think you'll find something you'll enjoy. We can't wait to see you on The The Corner Corner of Gray Street. Hey, this is Steve Choi, host of the Musicians Guild podcast, part of the Sound Talent Media Podcast Network. Within the four walls of the Musicians Guild, we'll be discussing the habits, idiosyncrasies, experiences, and general psychology of my friends and peers all involved with music in various capacities. Listen and subscribe at SoundTalentMedia.com.